My shadow is always with me. Sometimes ahead. Sometimes behind. Sometimes to the left. Sometimes to the right. Except on cloudy days. Or at night. listening to Lost in Twin Peaks, a podcast for both first-time and veteran viewers of Twin Peaks, the mystery series that ran for two seasons in the early 90s on ABC, followed by a feature film, and 25 years later, a limited series on Showtime. And at the time of this recording, who knows what after that. If you're a new listener who has just discovered this podcast and wants to know more, check out Episode Zero, Show Format. These episodes of Season 3 were dubbed Parts 3 and 4. They were aired as a two-hour block, but also streamed a week before they aired, immediately after or during the premiere of Parts 1 and 2, so that if viewers wanted and had access to the Showtime app, they could watch four hours of the return in a single night. However, unlike Parts 1 and 2, which are typically treated as a single unit, Parts 3 and 4 are often reviewed separately on podcasts and other recaps. In this case, on Lost in Twin Peaks, we'll discuss them together, in part to match the anniversary of when they premiered. A podcast episode will go up each day for a full week, covering different aspects of Parts 3 and 4. Originally recorded and released as a single episode for patrons back in 2018, I've done extensive work to represent these for the public, including adding some new sections in 2022. This episode is going to cover Laura Palmer's presence in the episode, the feel of the episode, and the episode's structure. Just a reminder that for the first eight episodes of this season, I'll be publishing the illustrated companions on my site, lostinthemovies.com, the Saturday after the episodes conclude. This will incorporate screenshots and other images to reflect stories, characters, and events from the time, and so forth, in some cases in even greater detail than the podcast themselves. So in this case, the Parts 3 and 4 illustrated companion is scheduled for June 4th. The link in the show notes will be active then. Although the episode is going up a little later than I hoped, it should still be available within the window of 9 to 11 p.m. on the East Coast on May 28, 2022, so exactly the fifth anniversary of when Parts 3 and 4 officially aired, even though most hardcore fans had already watched it by then. I'm going to try to continue this approach all summer. That's why for people listening to Lost in Twin Peaks as it goes public, Season 3 is being released before Season 2. That said, considering I was a week ahead of schedule last week and now I'm barely keeping up, that may not be possible. Well, we'll see how it goes. So for this particular episode, or these particular episodes, Showtime used lines as episode titles. Um, They did that for every episode. But for this episode, it was the lines Call for Help and Brings Back Some Memories. So even though parts one and two both took their titles from Log Lady Dialogue, in this case, the titles borrow from Cooper for part three, 
and Bobby for part four. In the past week, I published one podcast. It was Twin Peaks Conversations with the author Andreas Halskov, who's written the book TV Peaks, among other books dealing with David Lynch, TV, and Twin Peaks. So we had a great conversation, a long one. It was about 40 minutes on YouTube for the public portion, and then the back half was actually much more than a half. Uh, This is on Patreon for $5 a month tier. I always do the rest of the uh, Twin Peaks conversations each month, and this one ended up being another whole hour and a half almost. So there's a lot to discuss there. Uh, Definitely check it out if you have an interest in David Lynch's style, his formal approach to filmmaking, and also just curiosity about Andreas's experience. He was a Danish viewer, watched it as a kid. I think he was like nine years old when it originally aired. So it has an interesting perspective on it there. And the link for that, of course, will be in the show notes. I'm going down to the sea. As always, there's Laura. We see her face superimposed briefly over the opening credits. I think that's why Cheryl Lee is listed in every episode, even when she's not in the episode proper, because they use her portrait in the beginning just like it was used in the end of the old series. And this time, unlike the credits for parts one and two, we don't get like a full picture of her portrait with the title over it. We just get this sort of semi-translucent orb almost approaching the camera and kind of dissipating into the mists of the waterfall and the forest and everything like that. In the episode proper, we see Laura once when Jade tells Cooper, you can go out now, telling him he can leave the car. And we cut back to the red room, Laura saying, you can go out now. And Cooper, Dougie Cooper has kind of an epiphany about that. That's just a, a dialogue connection, but it's interesting to note that both Jade and Laura are sex workers. So that's something they have in common. We also see Laura by proxy. We see the portrait on the table of evidence in the sheriff's station and Bobby's reaction to it. It's a reminder of the palpability of that pain, even over the distance of time and and how unreachable she is. Just smiling in that portrait, kind of away from everybody, a reminder of what was, but almost like a dream. And we see the diary on the table too. It just feels like watching this sequence, it feels like there's nothing for the characters to do but have moved on you know it was 25 years ago the town's gone on but there was never any real closure or catharsis for any of them it was never really settled bobby says brings back some memories and that's the sense we're left with that's actually the title that showtime used for part four is just this sense that these memories are there they can be tapped into and brought back but they never really settled they were never really ended they just remained this sort of wound that scabbed over but can be reopened from time to time and then closed off again. The feel of this episode is much more focused than the previous one, or I should say these two and those two, since both the premiere and the follow-up are two hours long. And and really, 
have two different episodes together. These two episodes considered together feel more focused than the two-hour premiere did. It feels like a specific story is building. In fact, for much of it, we don't really cut away to any other storylines. It's just about Cooper's stuff. And it feels also like it's becoming more plotty, which maybe sounds like the same thing, plot and story. But what I mean by that is there's these explicit sort of motivations emerging and characters trying to find certain things out and heading in a certain direction. That's especially true of the FBI stuff. Also, the, the feel of the episode is like a little drier in a way. I think it's less kind of... Uh, moody or mysterious at times especially when we get into the vegas stuff las vegas just has a very straightforward kind of on the nose shallow feel to it sort of fitting the city that's how a lot of those scenes kind of play especially these early ones and uh even some of the stuff i think has it all feel it all still feels somewhat cold like the premiere did but maybe with a little bit of a warmer edge as we just spend a little more time with characters and in certain places, whether it be Dougie's house or the sheriff's station, that we get a little bit comfortable there. So you can get cozier with it than you could with the premiere in some way. There's also a lot more comedy in this in these two episodes together. Uh, there's just a really pretty consistently humorous tone, I would say, for much of it. I mean, the F, you know, Gordon Cole is always funny with the FBI. Cooper as Dougie is a total sort of slapstick character in a way. And the sheriff's station has a lot of humor uh you know corny humor sometimes but a lot of over-the-top gags and laughs so and of course wally brando is like the summit of that wally brando and the introduction of dougie as a character i think just marked this as a pretty comedic stretch of episodes and i remember at the time there was a review within a day or two just saying that part four in particular was like a comedic uh, high point of of twin peaks certainly of the new show and maybe just overall as well that that scene at the breakfast table with Cooper, I think, where he's got the tie on his head and he spits out his coffee was particularly highlighted. The overall structure of this episode, the core element is Cooper's journey from the farthest reaches of another dimension or outer space to wherever the heck he is at the beginning. He's literally falling through the stars, shaking and vibrating in this jagged, jarring shot. And then it ends with him in like a sunny suburban totally almost aggressively normal uh you know domestic scene where he's having breakfast with his family and dave brubeck's take five is playing which gives it a nice little edge that's still rooted in reality but but with a little bit of an antenna up for whatever else is out there and it's just fascinating that we go on this odyssey with cooper over these two hours from that strange place and the purple world tower that he's in and everything to this very all-american kind of cheerful sunny environment and that those two things can be contained within the story that's just yet another example among the hundreds or thousands we already have of how twin peaks can just contain volumes there's also a fbi story that has a structure here where they find out about cooper they go off to south dakota and they meet mr c so there's there's really like a a narrative developing there too just overall this all feels much more structured and the two episodes, the three and four, they feel, I would say, more distinct from each other than one and two did. Um, I think there, there's even that musical break in between them. And even though the music fades into the shot of the casino, it does feel like, okay, one episode's ended, another one's began. Although the music fadeover does help somewhat. I initially watched these as two separate episodes. Uh, so I've always kind of been predisposed to see them that way in my mind. Although I have watched this two-hour version before, as I did as I did for this, 
uh, recording as well. When seen together, though, the second half of part three blends a lot more with part four. I mean, it literally part three ends, you know, a, a few scenes before the ending. Cooper's in the casino and then we pick up with him right there at the beginning of part four. So there's it folds over very continuously kind of into that. I think that makes the purple world scene feel more like an exception. When I first saw part three, that just dominated that episode for me, that opening 20 minutes where Cooper lands in this tower and everything. We'll talk about that in a moment. But that whole sequence just overwhelmed the episode. And, and the Vegas stuff was almost kind of, you know, it was fascinating. And okay, this is establishing where he's going to go next. But that was like almost half the episode was his journey out of that world through the electrical outlet until finally he's being led out of the house by Jade and the other Dougie disappears and Mr. C vomits all over himself and everything like that that's like a whole sustained sequence in itself where we don't cut to any other storylines or locations but when you see part three and four together that doesn't really overwhelm the episode as much it it feels the episode feels much more or the the episodes together feel much more dominated by the vegas stuff and and that just feels like a cool kind of intro almost like a reverse of like the red room at the end of episode uh, two of the original series this is like a red room like sequence at the beginning and then we go off into the real world or i shouldn't say the real world the physical world that we recognize that's it for this episode please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts. you can also support this podcast on patreon.com slash lost in the movies tomorrow's episode will cover storylines and scenes that take place away from the town uh, in faraway places, which is what we call, you know, places like New York City that showed up parts one and two, but we don't see now. Uh, South Dakota, uh, the FBI in South Dakota specifically, now that they are uh, a presence there. Uh, Mr. C's journey, and then also Dougie in Las Vegas, now that Dougie is there to kind of tie that location together. See you then. <laughs>